Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode, finally caught up, uh, to Wheel of Time, Season 1, Episode 4, The Dragon Reborn, written by Dave Hill, directed by Wayne Yip. Gave this episode a 10 out of 10. Thought it was spectacular from start to finish. I think the title is a little misguiding i'm gonna be curious to hear what the feedback says because for all intents and purposes not to skip ahead but i'm sure if you're listening to this recap you've already hopefully watched the episode but it ends with us seeming to have the answer to the age-old question who is the dragon reborn however i uh I was told my first inclination was right. And until I hear otherwise from the showrunners, <laughs> I'm going to go with what's actually canon. Now, that's not to say things cannot change from canon, but from what I am seeing thus far, it would appear as if things are rather on track. With that being said, that does not at all mitigate the awesome display of power we got from our girl Nynaeve and we know why she is number five in the guess who they all damn powerful in some way we just gotta figure it out <laughs> I think they're all gonna be needed in this battle too because if the dragon is reborn and it is one of the males he gonna have a problem and we see what that problem is in this episode and how worse it possibly could be so yeah he gonna need we gonna need a a rogue faction to deal with this threat and i do have a question which i guess we'll get to it once we just go ahead and jump into the recap we start at gelden a battle is going on where the king is warned away just as we see logan is it logan or legane <laughs> me and pronunciations the man captured from last episode aligned himself with the army to destroy this place it would seem Logan I'm just gonna go with that one chases after the king who tells him that Ace Sedai will find him but Logan believes he is the dragon reborn and that the Ace Sedai should follow him but instead because they fear he will break the world like the last one they don't take into account the other part of the prophecy which says that they will save it or could save it i don't know what these voices are whispering to him on the amazon cash sheet that pops up every time you're on the screen it said alusha whispers to kill him because he is beneath you and will betray you like your parents so this is the corruption the madness so to speak that turns men's use of the power i like the fact that when women use it it's white and then when men use it it's black it's noir except instead of kill the king who attempts to kill him he he ends up healing his wound and spares his life saying even enemies are welcome at my side he got so intriguing after this but i also really saw that power play like, oh, you think the Aes Sedai are on your side? But see, I'm going to prove that they're wrong. And then you're on my side. You're aligned with me. Show, seeing my power, as well as showing you mercy, acting as if I am not 
in some way selfish myself using said power that's smart play smart play back at the camp Nynaeve is watching below still choosing to be on the outside while the red cloaks side eye her in return Lon passes through shaking his head I guess if you call him by his full name is Alan. Don't even ask me to say his last name. <laughs> I've done enough damage. Marin is healed by Kareen and it does take it out of them, but Marin gives us context that healing a wound for her shouldn't strain her, but she is also using her power to restrain Logain. She meets the false prophet of the king that is now following him. It has taken two eyes to die to shield him from using the one power. His followers fled when they snuck into his camp and shielded him, but Kareen is worried. Leodrin and Alana are the only ones powerful, well, I guess those three are the only ones powerful enough to keep him contained. It needs to be three of, uh, no, two of them. While Leodrin thinks he should have punishment meted out, Kareen knows they've been ordered to take him to the White Tower for trial even after his plots to destroy said White Tower and his descent into what they believe is madness. Leodrin leaves more cautious about his wielding of the power as Moraine takes over containing him. Lon practices with fellow warders Stepin and shares gossip that there are many problems back at the White Tower and not enough Asa died to solve them. But the Amarillion mm. C is still in effect and not very fond of Moraine and that he heard word through the grapevine that they was about to call her back <laughs> for her wayward ways. He teases him about his traveling companion, Nynaeve, saying I never understood what you saw in your traveling companions. He says that she is barely company. We learn that Stepin is Kareen's warder. By the way in which he was staring at her when she returned. They all seem to go by to their uh, Aes Sedai side, each warder. Like it's a moth to a flame. They discuss Moraine and how she is the outsider of the Sedai being so non-conversational. I am talking about Kareen and uh, Kareen and Stepin. Considering Lon is the same way, they chuckle at the idea of dinners between the two. Leandrin is gaining support. He also reports to her that Leandrin is gaining is gaining support amongst the other Aes Sedai about gentling Logan without a trial. Something many Red Cloaks have been accused of, but Kareen doesn't believe her compatriot would cross the Amarin seat like that. But power only has so much reach. He, uh, he rebuttals. He's worried and encourages her to sleep. Egwene checks up on Perrin, who hasn't slept. He is unsure about the tinker, suspecting something, and she says, if you feel we should go, then we, sh then we go. No questions. That's true friendship. I like this pairing a lot. Aram invites them to travel to Tar. Didn't catch the rest of that. Not thinking they're bandits due to the fact that they probably know how to spot one. 
Just as they know how to spot people from the mountains. You can smell it. My girl, don't tell me those lies. <laughs> it's written all over your face. Alana and Moraine used to be novices together, where apparently pets aren't allowed, though one slept with Moraine, a dog. The cloak colors mean things. I figured they must. Blue is kind of like a spy. Green for battle. Aja, warriors train for the dark one in the last battle. Red seemed to be the actual... Like they track down the people that aren't supposed to be using the one power. Is what I'm surmising. While there have been false ones before... Alana says this one's strength is unlike anything that she has experienced. She believes the end of this age is here. Moraine replies, well, if that's the case, I'm happy that we have someone with your strength on our side. She wonders if the dragon is to be with them, not against them in the coming battle. Curious, I wonder if the dragon changes based on the reds gentling them. Like maybe it was going to be rising in one person. And then every time they gentle the person that has to find another host, that's just a weird, weird guess. <laughs> probably totally wrong about that. I'd probably think I was wrong about my other suspicion if it wasn't so prevalently being told. No, I was right on the other <laughs> Just as they reclaim power over him, Alana recalls her non-dog was called Jenny. Leandrin, or is it Leandrin? <laughs> Approaches Nynaeve, still sitting and eating alone, unable to place her accent. She said, That's because you haven't heard me speak. people do that to me be kind of coming up to me act like they're trying to be my friend when they really just want something I'm like just say what you want let's skip the bish <laughs> and then i will she's like is it naive naive i don't know no one said your name but you, you know i ain't been down there stop playing games she said you want info i want info tell me about moraine and maybe I will give you what you want. And the way in which she smiled, that's when you know she's a bitch. <laughs> no one should be that gleeful when it's, uh, you know, immediately when you think someone is hostile or distrustful, you're like, yeah, let me feed that and I get a chance to feed that. Especially things that she was saying a little later. Tom and company stop to watch if a villager's home is welcoming when they are surprised by said villager. Matt's horse has been spooking. There's a standoff with Matt looking intent to harm the man with the knife he didn't sell. If he really was being selfless. As they point, as we, I believe Mimi pointed out last episode. Or Shy, I don't know. Because half the time I don't, I misremember. And they're just like, that wasn't me. I'm like, fuck. It's, you know I got Alzheimer's. Stop playing. <laughs> Alas, it is Ran who uh, ends up defusing the situation, explaining, look, yes, we were intending on using your barn. We were going to leave without you knowing we were there. However, I don't think you intend us to be, uh, intend to harm us. We don't intend to harm you. 
and yes i'm sorry we misspoke and kind of lied to you about what we're doing here and he's like yeah this is what happens when you just talk to fucking people because <laughs> that was his first thing they was like we should watch well you know maybe just knock on the door and ask some questions but i guess that is what matt was trying to imply earlier that you're a little too trusting of the world because he was like maybe tom set us all up the wifey can't agree they can use the barn once the stalls are mucked out and look at you matt you was about to slit a man's throat and his wife and children's was right there all he's doing is protecting his uh his own matt's turning into an asshole and at least tom gave him props ran on defusing the situation because they were the trespassers let's be clear on that Leandrin clearly thinks little of the blues spies with too much self-importance why do people who always want to consider themselves self-important always like to think other people like you're humble so you must be uh i used to have people say that to me all the time you stuck up because you're quiet what <laughs> because i don't you know give you every bit of detail about my life and how i'm thinking and how my thoughts work i'm somehow stuck up how did you come to that conclusion just in the same way where i'm like where where did she come up with this conclusion that spies must be self-important <laughs> you're the one that's going rogue, miss she tells her reds protect the world from those who misuse the one power including other eyes to die but who checks the reds leandrin is definitely recruiting offering her to join her in her tent once lan arrives to join nynaeve knowing she's spilling the tea and poison in her direction but the moment uh she left nynaeve declares that bitch is a snake She might have loyalty and respect but she definitely has poison in her soul lon thinks she can judge the other Aes Sedai women when she gets to the white tower where her friends may be and if not they will get the resources to help find them as promised he offers her to sit at their fire if she doesn't shove anyone into it back with the tinkers they explain to Egwene and perrin where's the perrin shit every time that follow the way of the leaf what it means to follow the way of the leaf avoiding armies and not defending themselves as they eschew all weapons or violence they're pacifists and believe the wheel returns all to the dirt to be another tool of life utilized later on down the road this will thing is very much reminiscent of some other things we've uh, heard in loki i forgot what they called it there um but this is like their religion in a sense or at least a, a not even a religion because some people subscribe to a different idea of it but for the most part it is well-known history maybe that's better uh, a better um interpretation of that since it seems to have actual tangible proof of <laughs> uh she asks if he's ever <laughs> picked up a weapon 
and she was like how was life after it better or worse she knew about that ex well she didn't she just asked about any weapon Egwene knew about that ex Matt is acting weird always moody and clearly suffering from something he's having delusions he's got some weird black stuff coming out of his mouth I was like probably got to do with that stolen knife that's why you don't steal from a cursed city he must have hid it in his saddlebags I forgot people have saddlebags <laughs> should have caught that quicker when you're traveling by horseback that's how you put all of your that's why you never see them with really a whole bunch of bags other than his sword upset gleeman isn't working like why ain't he helping us out when you just did the exact same thing to Rand when he was chopping that wood then the way he was sweetening up that little girl in in a uh, manner that felt at first very pedophilic i'm never not gonna be triggered thanks to society okay i reined it back but for the first second when she's like mommy said don't say nothing to you and just deliver the message because you're weird but you didn't <laughs> I was like, please don't, don't have Matt turn it into something. I don't want him to turn it to. <laughs> but he just misses his sisters, of course, which my mind immediately went to once I got out of mom mode. And she gives him her doll named Bridget that always wanted to see the world. Who casting these cute ass kids? Ram and Tom discuss his behavior. At least they are noticing sidebar all of the casting thus far is really good i know i heard one or two people say they're not happy with some of the casting choices and then they weren't very specific on who the, they were but i think all of the casting thus far is really well done granted i'm not coming from a perspective where i know these characters from the books um Tom says he reminds him of his nephew Owen, not only in persona, but what is happening to him. The same sudden change that's happening to Matt. He got moody. He got sour. Animals started getting afraid. Then his nephew threw a rock without his hands. He also gives us a little insight into why the power corrupts men. Because the Dark One corrupted the One Power. So men can't use it without going mad. Interesting concept. Definitely hashtag feminism. <laughs> um, I'm not even a feminist. What? I would not define myself as more of a feminist than I am a... a stop treating me like shit because I'm black. What do, you, what do you call that? <laughs> Um. oh god I lost my whole train of thought oh yeah now it's back again I really need to go back to writing I can feel it in my fingers I just need the harmonic bliss and immersive time to get it done but this reminds me of a fantasy novel that I was working on and I'm glad that you know because that's the hardest thing about writing or if you have an idea and then you watch like a show and something and you're like man that, that kind of touches close to what you had in your original idea for something but every time you you run the risk of copying right if you come out with it then you're copying someone else's idea but then who copied that idea and, is, and are you just redundant 
by telling the story in your own way using some of those same factors from other things or or does it or is it going to be allowed that originality i don't know that's some really interesting questions for people who write fantasy back off the sidebar the reds found owen and gentled him which involves cutting them off from the one power forever he got to live Rand says but both men and women apparently without the power simply slip away which Ian did by slitting his throat at the dinner table the yawn got me like i'm so tired fuck slit my throat tom bless him offers to stay as long as he can but matt must never encounter these women this story proves that red's clearly gentle and without trial this also makes tom the goat <laughs> his next uh, line that's what i mean by their character casting like some of the side characters are just as interesting as the main characters and that's rare gleeman makes them sound that's why they are called gleeman because it makes them sound less frightening as no one is as dangerous as a man that knows the past moraine and corinne watch over Logain. Nynaeve does join the warders where a couple is lushly displayed and i wasn't talking about lon and Nynaeve, though they is too damn cute when Stepin asks how they met and she blurts out she tracked his ass down knowing it would hurt his pride having it out there in the open in front of his boys she admits the warders are more fun than they look except my scheme like nah girl i was born fun it's all over my face i'm sexy and i know it i'm sexy and i know it seeing as the ace of die just walk by and how quickly the warders attend to their sides makes naive remark that they serve them Stepin said you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge girl i said i mean servants of all these women serve the world and there is no bond stronger than the warder in the Aes Sedai. Not husband and wife, not children and parent. She asks, well, what does that make them? Alana answers, proud. Alana and the boys get to bed. And Nynaeve wonders if they are getting a little freaky. Menage a e And them tents step in, only chuckles. Lon says he's got to go to bed too, which causes Nynaeve to wonder if he and Moraine are getting nasty too. And the barrage of emotions on her face definitely warranted that second chuckle from Stepin. Other than that nude scene, I wouldn't have thought that they were together. And seeing them in the same scene, how they're very much on the same page as far as their business, they share, yes, that unbreakable bond. But I don't think it's a romantic one. They both agree that Loghain is 10 years older than who the dragon is supposed to be. And they believe that they were on the right path. She thinks the Dark One has no more clue than they do on who the dragon really is, which is comforting and terrifying. They have been tracking down the dragon reborn for 20 years. And then they lost them since they share losses. It's not his, it's theirs. He remarks she only gets emotional when he drinks. Love that shot. 
the tinkers are dancing with Perrin watching from the sidelines but not unhappy Aram or is that where I am <laughs> I'm gonna do this every episode <laughs> it's chatting up Egwene who asks about the song it's an old myth that if song brings harmony and peace to the world he's more of a cynic and I am too like what kind of song is this if the Negro spirituals didn't work. <laughs> I don't know what other song. But she asks if he's sure he hasn't already found his peace and harmony as everyone around him is happy. Perrin finds peace in fixing wheels and chatting with Isla, who admits they take in those who renounce violence as well. But Perrin thinks some things ain't no coming back from, like killing his wife everyone has to stop and if she can't or the way in which to solve the violence is for everyone to stop being violent it will take time but that's how you fix it and uh while he is skeptical if she can convince two people that may convince another two people and so on and so forth and stopping the violence then she left the world better he wonders what she does it for as she will not be the one to reap those rewards. She does it for her daughter that was murdered for sport because the best revenge is peace. Instead of hunting the men down that did this to her daughter. It's a very powerful scene, a very powerful message as well. She hopes what she does leave the world better for is the new life that her daughter will be born into as the wheel is supposed to recycle the soul in some capacity is my feelings on this i actually really like and subscribe to this idea um and the universal concept of things that's why i'm more spiritual than religious aram asks who is the man who holds Egwene's heart as he's giving her the hard eyes and if she's lost him she says no i have not i would have felt it my first love broke my heart for the first time And I was like, baby, 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 oh Like, baby, 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 no Like, baby, 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 oh Thought you'd always be mine, mine Baby, baby, baby He explains how tinkers, when they're a certain age, 14, 15, they get to go out in the world Basically, Rumspringa if you don't know what rum spring is it's what amish people do when their kids turn like 18 maybe it's younger i grew up around a lot of amish most come back but some people they stay gone because he explains that sometimes the leaf blows away from the tree Is he referring to her love of Rand? Matt pretends to be asleep while Rand's like, hey buddy, I heard you're going through the change, so I'm here. If you want to talk. Then Matt pretends to be asleep. His eyes was half open. He looked weird as fuck. Rand got his own bad dreams to worry about. Tom has him though. He just sees everyone in blood. Karen was beating his wife too soon. Too too soon. Tom wakes him, says, I got you, but where's Matt? Oh no, Matt's in the home, and the family have been slaughtered. That was a nice fake out, because I was like, holy shit. 
that turned dark quick like i knew it was giving me them vibes but i really wasn't expecting it to take this turn and then when he pointed the blade and says i see you and it's the fade i was like oh you got me you got me time busts out with the moves and tells them to run which they do matt dropped bridget i was like you couldn't have kept the girl's fucking doll shit just for prosperity's sake to bury it because ain't nobody about to bury their body well maybe time i refuse to believe that's the last i've seen of my guilt uh Naini follows Lon who pretending like he don't know she watching him but apparently he played it off like he didn't Kareen knows what Leandrin is advocating amongst the sisters and why she hasn't spoken to her yet about it Leandrin builds her case that they are being drained while this food gets to sit here not breaking a sweat and it's a strenuous task miles from their destination we may not make it if he were to i don't know break out then we can use the three oaths that will allow him to be gentled corinne responds that the white tower and those women have stood for three thousand years not based on what is expedient but based on what is right and as a red she should be reminding her in the green of that we are all held to account he gets a trial Nynaeve catches Lon saying a prayer for the home he lost but will someday find of his people. She joins her prayer to his because he needs the strength. She doesn't however know what it means in old tongue but it is the last thing her parents ever said to her when their village was attacked and she was placed in a cupboard. She stops saying it as wisdoms can't be scared. He offers her the meaning of the words like it wasn't a precious ass gift. It's the last thing the king of Metherion said to his wife. We shall go into the land so our children can always hold us and we'll never be alone. They ask you how you are. You just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. You just can't get into it because they would never understand. He isn't what she thought he was, which is a lap dog with legs. But she is exactly what he thought she was. But then shouting ruined our moment. Logan's men arrive showering arrows you see how Lon moved in front of his wife they move to free the man who seems to have freed himself though i doubt since leandrin herself said or scoffed at the idea that an army could get past sisters he must have had some help and i'm not sure if i was meant to take that moraine helped him or if he really just got that i feel like she helped him how dubious is moraine we don't know she's a spy she wanted to talk to him and she meant words <laughs> she wants to know why he believes he's the dragon reborn help prove it to me because we don't have a lot of time and he replies that i can hear the voices of the past ones channeling through me the last dragons and they want to be better every time they're reborn as the wheels desire that's what the wheel desires anyway and she knows he's a fraud as the wheel does not want people do she tells him the whispers in his head are madness and no matter how strong he is nothing is compared to the force of that of the dragon kareen gives her life to save moraine and leandrin when they end up trapping him or attempting to put him back under control 
and poor Steppen, he felt that shit the soon as it happened. The soon, as soon as it happened. Alana tells them to head to the cave. The ravaging of the war is having an effect on Nynaeve. They get to the cave, but Moraine and Leodrin are struggling with the other willing to die for the death of her sister. She's like, no, you're going to burn up. So apparently you can only channel so much of this light before it incinerates you. Stepin, raging over the death of Kareen, rushes at Loghain, only for his axes to be turned into shrapnel, injuring everyone, including fatally hurting Lan. Nineen, spared and devastated, is able to burn like a raging sun and ends up healing everyone unable to stomach in my humble opinion the pain and massacre more logan is shooketh logan and now for all intents and purposes it looks like nynaeve is the dragon especially after they gentled his ass which was another very visually appealing and well done scene I really, really enjoyed this episode. I think it solidified that this is definitely the show to watch. We got a season two already, which always makes me happy. I still don't think that Naive is the dragon. I think it's too early to be telling that tale of this, this uh, part of the season. But I do think that with that idea in their mind going forward, I think the focus is going to be particularly Moraine on uh well she thought Egwene was powerful as well because they mentioned that that not as but she sensed it with Egwene but she didn't seem to sense it with Nynaeve there's a reason why she didn't take her out of the because everyone else knew it was five it was only Moraine that thought it was four or maybe she thought that Nynaeve was dead so there was no reason to take her I don't know it just didn't seem as if she was a priority she went talked to her saw the animosity and then didn't seem to be any further interest in that direction so i'm really curious to see what their conversation looks like next episode i loved the effect of her hair just coming down she keeps it in that braid very controlled contained and then she unleashes her power and then her, her hair is down like that effect and I don't think she's uh, going to take this. So, considering her feelings on the Ace of Eye, she's not going to take this news of her new power very well, if I know my girl. And while that is my thoughts on this episode, we do have some feedback. Let's start with Queen Shy first. Let's hop in the mailbag. shy i am back to give my feedback for will of the will of time episode four an episode that i really really enjoyed it's my favorite out of the four episodes that's aired so far so much happened in this one i hope i can get it all in in the time frame that i have but let's start out by uh, we learned more about logan logan and 
why he thinks he's a dragon reborn and we get to see the powers that he wields um which everyone is calling madness uh even the king and um moran and the others think of it as a madness uh whenever a male uh takes has these powers that it it drives him mad so i'm very curious as to uh with the dragon reborn the potential of one of the five being a male what does that mean so that does that mean that the Aes Sedai has to guide them in order for them not to go mad uh, which is why Moran went to seek them out so that they can stand the chance of uh it working out in their favor um because even Logan Logan was talking about how he wanted to bring about unity and all that stuff but Unfortunately, um, uh, he just wasn't going to be the person to do that. Um, even though it's a, it's a good idea. I mean, it's possible that that could be what happens is just that it has to be the right person for that to be the case. I love learning more about the, um, Aes Sedai and the sisterhood, seeing the different, um, factions of it, the red, the, the you know, the, with the symbols of the colors had a phone call so i lost my train of thought but i think i was talking about um love i i enjoyed learning about the different um facets of the Aes Sedai, the colors and what they all mean um you have moran who seems like she's the more inquisitive one they're the ones that searches searches out things researches investigates and um the red is the more law and order type uh uh, color and the green is the more leader I guess I'm not sure um anyway correct me if I'm wrong I could have gotten gotten that all wrong but anyway I loved learning about that the waters what their role is you know when they were talking to Nynaeve because she was still has such a condescending view of them and so they you know let her know that hey we serve a purpose and our role is a very vital and important role and that the relationship between the Aes Sedai and the water is a very strong and you know bonded relationship that's stronger than parent child husband wife which I thought was significant uh, which is why I think it's very interesting that um that there's that you know because I sensed it in the last episode but this bond or this this connection I should say not bond between Lon and Nynaeve um she just seems to be intrigued by him him intrigued by her but he's in this lifelong committed relationship with Moran and so I felt like there's this unique an interesting triangle so to speak that's happening between the three of them um because i cannot even imagine how that would work out with him having this lifelong commitment with moran as to her water and then coming to find out as we learn in the ending scenes of this one which i think could be a misdirect uh because even um lagan was talking about the raging you know when she her powers um came manifested like that that it felt like a region of the sun i just think that i don't think that would be revealed this early that who the true dragon is but i could be wrong but i found it interesting that this went along with what morant was talking about when she was given that story about um 
what happened with the king and the queen when the king died and the queen's powers manifested and she was able to destroy all, including herself. And then we see that in a smaller scale with um, Nynaeve's powers. Um, her feelings towards Lon created this field, this energy, this power that was able to heal everybody in that cave. And so there's a connection there too. So it's gonna be very interesting how that works um, going forward. I still love that we got to see everyone doing different things. Uh, um, Matt and uh, Rand and Tom, which now I know his name, uh, they ended up going into this this farmer's house and seeking shelter, which I had a feeling that that wasn't such a good idea if you have these evil entity on your heels that maybe stopping and involving this family wasn't the best idea. And then we see the cute little girl and she's giving him her doll. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is, I could just, I just had a bad feeling all the way around. And then, um, we, I've totally forgot about the knife that Matt took from that. And, and of course his thievery is coming back to bite him in the butt because they, uh, Lon has said not to touch anything, but not only did he touch it, he took it from, and so that evil has followed them. And now it's starting to possess Matt in some way. And so I'm very interested to see how that's going to be going forward. How do they get rid of it? Do they got to do some type of exorcism? I don't know. Um, I just, you know, I just think that, yeah, that's going to be. Um, something to look out for in the upcoming episodes and what does that mean I highly doubt he's gonna die but obviously something has to happen um, he, in order to get that evil out uh, I think he still even has the knife um, yeah as for Tom I figured that there was more to him than he just knows too much he knows about the eyes to die he knows about all the stuff that's going on the darkness the powers and stuff like that it, i mean he just, he just and of course he's not there's no love loss between him and i said that because of what happened to his nephew so there's that aspect of it and then we have parent and eggween um and them continuing to travel with the traveling people and i feel like this is um um therapeutic for parent um to be around these types of people and the wolves they guided him to these people for a reason and I just feel like this will help in his healing process and getting um, past what has happened because he really hasn't talked about it yet. He almost did with Eggwing, but then he shut down. So yeah, it's going to be, I feel like these people are going to help him get to where he needs to be emotionally and mentally because he's definitely struggling right now. Um, but anybody else thought that when they were singing and dancing and having a good time that the Trollocs was going to show up? Because I definitely was on pins and needles <laughs> thinking that we're going to get part two of Trollocs, you know, showing up. Especially when they kept talking about how they don't have weapons, how they just depend on faith and, you know, all that stuff. So I really thought something was going to happen. But luckily nothing did. Of course, we got that all with uh, the Nynaeve um Marine and Lon and them so they're the ones that got the attack so I felt like that was a I thought that was a good balance of that you know not getting 
too much of everyone being, you know, too much bloodshed. So I think, uh, forget that was plenty, but I love seeing the Isodai's powers, the powers separately and together and them taking out Lagan and the darkness and the madness within him and all of that stuff. And of course, it must have been really painful because the homeboy was tearing up. Obviously, he looked like he was in pain, too. Um, so I wonder what that's going to mean going forward. Um, very interested in that. Very interested in uh, with Nynaeve uh, powers manifesting the way it did, what that means for her. Because it seems like she's part of the Aes Sedai as well. So it's very ironic that the thing that she, you know, resented and hated, you know, was taught to hate and resent is something that she is. So I feel like she's going to, in her in a journey of her own to discover more about herself and what she's about so yes all of them are on a journey of self-discovery which i enjoy um why which why i also think it was good that they're they go their separate ways because i feel like they'll grow more individually and then as they come together um that they do it this way but anyway i'm almost at my limit so let me go until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was shy with her thoughts on the episode pretty much got the same thoughts glad you really enjoyed it this is my favorite as well um i'm not sure about the dragon reborn if they're gonna have to like it seems as if the ace of die if they get him in their hands they intend to trial him and then gentle him. They don't plan on working with him at all. So it seems as if any of the boys are the ace of that. But I that's what makes me feel, well, no, because actually we just saw it unfold of what would happen. And this is the person that they thought was the dragon reborn. And they're going to be taken to the White Tower. And we know now, at least Rand definitely knows what can happen once that power is taken away. And I think because no one else understands what this gently really is all about. Um, well, now I guess they do. But they don't know the after effect. I wonder if they're going to witness the after effect with Loghain. And then that may prompt them to be like, no, I don't want that to happen to my friend. If it, it's, That's why I think it's one of the guys. Um, when, why it just If it was one of the girls, I feel as if the whole... There'd be a twist on it. I don't know why. And they said it could be a man or a woman, but you you pose a good question about what kind of if it's only one true power, what's this dragon getting the power from? Is he just able to contain more? And yeah, maybe because they hadn't and or up until that moment, Logan hadn't seen any huge display of power like that. Uh, and it was under distress, under duress, I should say, rather than control, that he just, of course, would make the exact assumption that, because he knows he's a false prophet, right? I think they recognize they have similarities. I am talking about Lon and Nynaeve. They're givers to their communities. They are themselves people who serve, and they, they want to have a greater contribution by being the the leader by being someone that is in service too so i think because they can recognize that and have that similarity that's why that, that connection that bond is, is so instantaneous but i'm not sure um i don't know about a three-way yeah that would be interesting though because 
I think that Moraine does need a check, someone who could check her. <laughs> and considering you need a sister, uh, heal assist, I can see this happening. I'm down with it. I don't think it'll be any type of romantic triangle, but I do think that they are going to be in some type of uh, universal relationship to each other. I'm not sure if he's infected um, from that or if the knife is the actual source. So part of me thinks that if you get rid of the source, you know, just like the ring corrupts, then get rid of the ring. But then once you get a taste of the power, we know from what Tom said that, that there's no not tasting it anymore. It seems like a drug. Once you've had it, you need it. So I think that... Um, I think it's the knife. Uh, and yeah, Tom would be one of those rogue factions that have seen some things. Like I saw how you did it. I saw how you did it. I saw y'all's bullshit and we need to meet in the middle. He seems like one of those type of guys. It's like I outlived some shit. <laughs> uh, so I know stuff in things. Plus they get around a lot and people have a tendency for their services as he pointed out to not see them it's like bards or back in the day eunuchs right eunuchs became so powerful and you would think these men who have no penises <laughs> and have sacrificed that for service how do they become so powerful why because they're allowed to go to places other people can't they're around the harems they're around uh political ears so that gives them a certain amount of power and in the invisibility of them being powerless. And that is my thoughts on your thoughts for the episode. I can't wait for your opinion on our next one. And last and certainly not least, let's hear what Queen Mimi has to say. What up, Christina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for The Will of Time, uh, Season 1, Episode 4. Um, I really did enjoy this uh, episode, but it was more so, I would say, the beginning was interesting and the end was very, very interesting. But the middle was kind of, there were parts of it that kind of was boring uh, this episode. Um, I think um, it's just a slower paced storyline for some of them um, until they get to where they need to be. So those scenes were a little slower but overall this was really good and first I want to talk about the ship that I didn't know I wanted until it happened was Lan and I wrote her name down thinking it would be easier to say but it really isn't I think it's Nanive. it's too many letters that sound similar in front of each other that's throwing me off but that's what I'm gonna go with so um, the thing I really enjoyed about the interaction between those two was uh, seeing how the Isa died in there. Were they were they pronouncing it as a warden? A wardent? Like that's what they call it. Like I I guess I was under the same impression as naive that they were like their lackeys, like their errand boys. But their relationship is so complicated because the one lady. They had the two uh, wardens, the black dude and the white dude like, who looked like they was loved up on each other. That looked like like they were in a polyamorous relationship. But then like 
the other one, the Aes Sedai that died, she and her Wharton looked like they were like really close best friends, almost like, you know, a married couple that have been together for decades. I don't know. Their relationship is so abnormal and so peculiar and so intriguing that I just I want to learn more like I don't like they never actually told us if they were sexually involved but I mean if their relationship is closer than a you know a husband and wife or a child and a mother and it seems like it's always a man like so another woman we didn't see another woman be a warden so I'm not, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, a warden. Um, but I'm very, very curious. It's just, it's an interesting dynamic. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that threesome was smashing. Like I'm almost positive. Um, but maybe they, they're all not like that. I don't know. It's a very, very interesting relationship. And now Nanive is in the middle of it and her and Lan were... They, they seemed like they were getting really close really fast so I feel like if he was like head over heels in love with Moran or they were have their relationship was like that he wouldn't even allow himself to be like that so now I'm, I'm just I'm really just very curious about their relationship I have no idea and that was the storyline that that had me all up in arms the whole time like I just I needed to know more um, but that story when she was saying that like prayer when Lan was praying and he told her that story about the the king and the queen were we supposed to assume that he was saying that her parents were king and queen and that was the last thing they said to her when she was brought into safety like when she was like left for safety like they brought her wherever she was the two rivers because they wanted to protect her i i rewound that scene again and watched it again thinking maybe i missed something maybe i'm misinterpreting what he was saying so i just i want to know what you guys think because that's what i took but then I, I wasn't sure um and then what was his name logan he was uh he was calling himself the dragon and that's what that's what I was like he's so old like he can't be if she said they're supposed to be 20 which you know it could make sense if if Nynaeve is the is a princess of some sort and they thought she died like that might be why they were off with the dragon but it sounds like nobody know who the dragon is or what age the dragon is everybody is just guessing I don't know why Moran is so certain she knows everything i that part i don't quite understand but she seems to be the one with the most knowledge and i don't understand why um so he was a very interesting character um the way he got the king to be on his side um i just i'm just like i'm i feel like this show is trying to like get us to be very on our toes because the end of this scene we saw that Nynaeve not only has the light inside of her she has a great ass amount and she like was trying to heal Lan because he had his throat slit because the one dude lost his marbles because his Aes Sedai was 
basically murdered by Logan and he just couldn't bear I'm assuming he he was just grief grief stricken which makes sense but I don't know what he thought he was gonna do and even I wasn't expecting it I thought he was gonna like explode everything I didn't think he was gonna shoot the blades that he was fighting with all over the place and poor land got like the worst of it everybody else just got like a little piece stabbed but he got straight up his throat got slit that was freaking awful and I screamed I'm not gonna lie straight up scream um but she just couldn't I I guess her emotions got the best of her and it makes sense because in her in the society that they were never in two rivers she was never she never had kids she was never in a relationship so she never felt love like that so clearly she feels something for land at least a strong friendship to where seeing him die was too overwhelming which is actually very intriguing because she's had this power all along but we also know ran has the super super strength and and Perrin, let's not forget him with the wolves like that's that has to mean something like the wolves are guiding him to protect him and we saw them just lick his wounds like that shit was weird as hell now I know this is a different kind of like lore and it's a different kind of show so you know it's different they'd have different ways of doing things but I know in one of the shows that I watched which was a book as well I don't know how deep it runs but um oh you watch this too Christina Vampire Diaries those wolves have to kill someone in order for them to or I should say the werewolves have to kill someone in order for that curse to be triggered and I don't know (laughs) how like where that lore came from it was the first time I ever heard it was from um vampire diaries usually you're born a vampire and the first full moon after a certain age you you transform or whatever but him killing uh accidentally killing his wife did it trigger his werewolf gene or some stuff like that because the thing about it is is that I feel like Moran can feel power but she doesn't necessarily know what it means and Rand clearly has some type of super strength which was triggered from fear um and then we saw um Perrin with his leg it was very wounded and it looked like it was getting infected and I'm assuming it was one of those trollops like weaponry that nicked him and it was a small one but it was getting infected because it had that poison or whatever in it and then the wolves licked it and then miraculously now he ain't got no wound no more and he does not even limp and it's not like it's it hurts so that must mean something and then I have no idea what the hell happened with Matt my assumption is he um maybe from that knife that he has that's what that black the like when he was threw up and there was that black in the ground um, I don't know if he's infected by that fade or whatever, or if he was possessed. I don't know if he killed those people or if he was protecting or he was trying to save those people from the fade. And I, I don't think that's what it is though, because when he vomited and that like it, the ground turned black, I can't imagine that all being good. And he was like blank face and had that like black tendrils going up his face. So I don't know if I'm assuming the fade was inside of him for some sort. Now I knew Matt was going to turn out to be garbage and trash because he's super fucking lazy and people like him annoy the shit out of me. It's like you want all the benefits from from hard work, but you don't want to actually do any hard work to get it. Like 
that's fucking trash and i can't ask damn people like that but i didn't expect him to turn evil and poor tom i hope he's not dead i was really starting like that fool he's funny and seems very helpful um yes gleeman are straight up ninjas that's the vibe i'm getting now um i think i think that was all i wanted to talk about with matt and ran we didn't see them very much their storyline was okay but the more like i guess slow pace one was the one with perrin and um and uh what is it eguin i know i'm saying her name wrong every time i hear you say christina i like okay i'm gonna remember now and i still don't but anyway um we know they're with the gypsies and um and and they're pacifists which i thought was pretty good because i know uh perrin didn't trust them and i mean i think it was more so he just didn't trust because you know trust trusting unknown is not i i mean i think that's a very common thing human beings do just not trusting something because they don't know anything about it but nothing about them seems suspicious to me they're literally just you know dragging themselves along the country seems pretty harmless but you really honestly never know but i think when he found out that they were all pacifists it's like we run and then if we can't run you know we endure like i I don't know how you can take it you can be afraid of people like that they rather run than fight and i mean what she said made sense like you know what's the best revenge for violence peace you know and um that story with her daughter that was really sad um it sucks that somebody just killed her just to kill her but you know humans are trash um and i do think uh i don't know um i do like that they separated and i do like that you know we are getting to see the interactions between you know Gwaine um and Perrin because they do seem like we didn't see them interact much when they were in town together but it's clear they've been friends for a long time and they know each other um Perrin though he keeps breaking my heart I I need him to smile and be happy because I don't know it's just real sad to me um he just looks devastated all the time and he's too fine for all that um and then um I just I am interested to see where they go with that their where their journey is going to take them because it seems as though everyone is heading east so they're going to meet up at some point i guess the question is is matt going to be with them or is he going to be against them and now we know for sure that nanive is a part of the five um and i'm assuming we're supposed to uh, like know that she's the dragon but i don't know i just this show is so unpredictable i'm not gonna make any assumptions i think we know she has a power and i think we know it's the light but it didn't quite look like the um isodide so it's not really the same hers was like a big cloud out of her body that's how she was able to heal everyone so quickly um so it's i know it's not the same less it's not i guess utilized the same way but it is a light power so we'll see but i'm not gonna make any assumptions because this show like to keep you on your toes um i think i think that's all i have to say i know that one one more thing the character landrin landria landrin it was the little blonde with the the red 
she she wore the red she has a serious ass jawline i don't know i she just looks sadistic <laughs> and i don't know if we're supposed to trust her but i really don't um so i just want to put that out there i can't tell you why i just don't um that's it for me for now until next time love peace hair grease black girl magic queen of the couch be me out and there we are finishing off with Queen Mimi's thoughts on the episode. So you thought this one was slower paced. See, we, we switched it up here. Um, actually, I, I think because I really like the Tinker story and, the, and, you know, just the idea of gypsies. You know, they're they're very, very much a uh, real um, nomadic tribe of people. And they really were pacifists. So weaving real life um characterizations into fiction is always fun for me and i like the way that they kind of put in the the amish idea of how people you know you think you want to leave home but home is really where that peace is that you're gonna have i just thought there was some a lot of deep messaging in their particular arc that i really found myself while they were slower paced enjoying uh, the dialogue because it was just so rich and very reflective but I can see it being the less um, plot moving story arc so to speak and there definitely was more going on in the other two sides I believe they're called warder one who wards one who has wardership over ward is like your shit <laughs> ward w-a-r-d I, I can't find a synonym for it I'll try to look. C W A R D. <laughs> Dictionary. Um, oh, now they just want to put uh, protect. Yes, one who you protect. Uh, so they're just named aptly. Greens have two warders as they have more importance, which is why I believe Alana says I, I can never have just one, I need to have two. And I definitely think they're all smashing the Polly. <laughs> I think polyamorous is like more than three though, right? I don't know. I'm not trying to honestly correct you. I'm honestly answering. I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to get better with my terminology. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Google that one too. I'm looking it up. Uh, multiple romantic. So I guess that is. Doesn't matter how many. So yeah, it's polyamorous relationship. So, um, yeah. Despite that, though, I don't think everyone has a sexual side to the emotional side of that relationship. It is a relationship to be contended with, definitely. But I don't think they all go uh, sexual. And I'd be very curious to know if there are, there probably is less women who sign up to be warders. But I'd be curious to know if there are women that are warders uh let me see what my notes say <laughs> oh about her being uh, the queen no from and, and <laughs> i know i said no really fast sure it could be but from what i read on that scene and then how long the war was like it was the last time that basically the world was redone over so it had to be at least the last time the dragon was born so I'm gonna say she's not that old <laughs> to be to be the princess of it all and since she died with her husband I don't think they had any children 
like because the mom gave up after she lost her husband uh or the queen and i think that to to me how i read that scene is something that people in their village because there's they, they seem to make a point of several times in the show point out people from the mountains are quote-unquote special right where they come from the place in the soil is it's like sacred ground so all those born have maybe more of an inclination to be closer to this one true power than anyone else based on this one event that had this immersive sacrifice of love and then those last words being of remembering the sacrifice of the ones that you've loved so that you can carry on i think that that's the messaging there um behind that that she was just passing on to her daughter just very much like the the queen of myth saying goodbye to the one you love uh, is where i got from that message but curious to see what others took from it maureen does seem to have tasked herself with finding these finding the next dragon reborn for the last 20 years that seems to be her sole mission and i think that's why she may be a little bit more inclined i think everyone's on the lookout for it because they mentioned hey we've had several times now that they have um that we've had false prophets before but moraine feels for whatever reason i think there's a story behind it she needs to be uh on top of this more than anyone else or she's chosen to be on top of this more than anyone else i think that you're right she feels power moraine that is and you're probably right about perrin as well i definitely think something's going on with the wolves uh, but as far as the vampires diary mythos that if you kill someone you can become a vampire someone you love as well that would be intriguing to find out i don't know anything about it <laughs> so <laughs> my guess is as good as yours but that seems to make sense it would correlate um but i will say it did seem something was going on prior which caused Layla to have those wounds and i'm curious to what that was and I'm kind of going back to what Shy said about the power maybe infecting him because you said it as well. So maybe I'm just the odd one out. I thought it was mainly the the knife, but maybe the knife infected his body now. And now he's tied to the one power via the knife. But now if you take the stop power source away, is he already too? Has he already had a taste of that power that he can wield? Or is the knife kind of like a, a wand? Where you can wield the one power and it turns black because it seems like whenever the one power is wielded by a man it turns black instead of white um what did i mean by this i think she was trying to protect him because he was devastated when he saw that bot <laughs> devastated when he saw that oh when he saw her the body uh yes matt i don't think he killed them i think that was a really nice fake out i think that he did sense maybe something and he did go to the house because the little girl was outside when she was killed so it's possible she may have ran out to get him to assist and then end up dying but yeah i i do think that i mean plus if he had killed all of them he would have had more blood all over his like you know you know you can't kill someone without blood splatter you know this is my CSI background coming in. <laughs> hey girl, don't worry about pronunciations. We hear you hear me every week. I get very few white right. Egwene's the only one I do. 
And I think he trusted or distrusted Perrin how nice they are. Because let's just be real. When people are really fucking nice, you're like, what do you want? What do you want? Where are you hiding? Because it's very... It, it's, it's, it's not our first inclination to think people are just good people. When you're at, the, at your worst, too. When you're most defenseless that people are not some way, some way trying to take advantage of you. So, yeah, I think he just had that, that reasonable... I just don't, or as you pointed out, these people are different. I don't get it. <laughs> but once he did, he saw the value in it. And I think she did too. And that is our episode for this week, guys. If you want to send feedback for our next episode on Friday, yeah, Friday, blackercouch.gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic.